Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! <laughs> Welcome to the Mad Max Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we break down Mad Max one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 57, which begins with Max pulling a tire down from the van's roof, and it ends with Jesse heading off to get ice cream. So we start off today with Max kind of explaining that, you know, they had a bit of a blowout. So he swapped out the regular tire for the spare tire, and so Mm -hmm. now they're here at the shop to get the regular tire repaired. That way they don't have to drive around on the spare. When you look at the van, it doesn't look like they have one of those little donuts, so I'm guessing that... They had a full-size... They had a full-size spare. Yeah. Which is great, but at the same time, you don't want to be without a spare in the middle of the Australian bush or anything like that, so... Right. It makes sense that they would stop and get it repaired by this guy, but uh, the grease rat, who we got introduced to yesterday, doesn't seem very interested in focusing on the tire. No, not at all. He's He wants to get under that hood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he walks over to the front of the van and he's like, what's the donk like? When you listen to the crew commentary of Mad Max, they immediately, as soon as he says, what's the donk like? They immediately say, just for our American listeners, donk is slang for engine. Pretty easy, cut and dry. That was confirmed. I looked it up on uh, wiktionary.com, which is pretty much dictionary.com, but it's got like a wiki aspect so people can alter it and put that stuff on there. Okay. And then I have an extended explanation of the use of donk to describe an engine that I found on, oh, and this is a doozy of a URL, andc.anu.edu.au. So some educational institution in Australia that I didn't bother to write down the actual title of. Okay. But they have an entire blurb all about the slang term of donkeys. So they say that a donkey is well known in Australia as a name for an engine. In earlier times, this was a small auxiliary engine, sometimes steam-powered and often used to start a larger engine. American dictionaries report donkey engine, donkey pump from the mid-19th century. More recently, we have called any engine a donkey or colloquially a donk. In July 1999, there was an ad for Ford on the TV. A falcon ute comes plummeting out of the sky in answer to a birthday wish. A rustic farm worker looks under the bonnet at the shining new V8 and mutters, What a donk. <laughs> so it's it's nothing out of the ordinary, yeah. certainly. But when you go on a site like UrbanDictionary.com, which is usually my first stop for slang, their offerings are Ooh. varied and alternative. Yeah. And... None of them really reflect anything remotely close to an engine. Yeah, I imagine they're all pretty dirty. Yeah, I've got like five different one of them. Uh, obviously, the first one that comes up, when referring to a donk, it's related to the term badonkadonk, which of yeah. course means a large backside. Yes. The second one that I actually didn't know about is here in America, when people take classic cars, trick them out, put them on huge rims, give them lift kits, apparently those are called donks as well. Apparently, also, it's an unintentional mispronunciation of the word drunk. Um, but what really stood out to me is uh, from user Benja's Dad 2000, he said that in poker, a player who will call any bet rather than fold, even when their cards are bad, is referred to as a donk. Probably referring to the stubbornness of a donkey. Yeah. This is I, the kind of person that, that will yeah. always call. And it's especially frustrating when those people end up having a good hand because of the flips mm-hmm. after the main deal. So those people are especially uh, frustrating, apparently. 
I don't play a lot of poker, so I don't I don't encounter that. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last one and the most mind-boggling is username Hilfy, who entered a definition who says, and this is like not exactly verbatim. I'm paraphrasing a bit, but he says, contrary to American definitions referring to the female booty in Australia, donk refers to male anatomy. Huh. Okay. Um, which apparently Hilfy must be off on this other part of Australian culture where he uses it incorrectly. Because every more legitimate source, even, like I said, the cast commentary, just says, engine. don't worry, it's just an engine. Yeah. So I don't know what uh, that guy on well, Urban Dictionary was talking about. Well, there, there is the stereotype in, of, you know, compensating for a lack of in one area by getting, you know, a fancier, bigger engine car. Certainly, but I... I, I but that's a stereotype. Yeah, I'd rather not get into no. talking about slang terms for male genitalia. Rather not. <laughs> but going back to Max and the Grease Rat's interaction, the Grease Rat mentions that he doesn't really do much work on these vans, and so that explains his almost rabid fascination with working on it and max is just trying to get him to focus on the tire <laughs> it's interesting that he that he has to work in this minute he has to work kind of hard to get the grease rat to pay attention to the tire yeah and then in later minutes that's all he wants to talk about is mm -hmm. the tire mm -hmm. to anybody to himself he goes on about the tire. To Toe Cutter, he goes on about the tire. So Max did a good job. He's paying attention to the tire. Yeah, I guess so. Apparently, he can have it fixed in no time. Yeah. Um, that doesn't seem quite true, but... Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't really deliver on that statement. But we hear Max and Degree Shrek going back and forth about this as we go from this kind of wide shot into a more tight shot on the front seat of the car where we see Jesse and Sprague is there. Yay, Sprague is back. I checked. This is the first time we have seen Sprague since way back in minute 15. It has been over 40 minutes. He's a good napper. Since we've seen this kid. Yep. So he he must sleep very long and very soundly. Yes. Because if we had not been talking about him so much, I probably would have forgotten about him entirely. Yes. Before seeing him again in this scene. Yeah, like, oh like, yeah, there's a baby. A they normal a person watching this. <laughs> From beginning to end, seeing him first pop up when Max first goes home, and then going all of that time, and then seeing him pop up here again. Like, that's a long time. It is. Not to remind the viewer that Max has a family instead of just a spouse. It's yep. a long time. It is. So Sprague is playing at the steering wheel, mm -hmm. and I couldn't help think, you know, like father, like son. Yeah, definitely imitating what he sees. Yes, <laughs> which is adorable. Yeah, he's a cute little kid. Yeah. I actually had to go back because you can plainly see him right there in the front of the frame, and I'm like, does he even look the same? Like, I had to go back and make sure that he had, like, a very similar haircut and whatnot. Well, they filmed it his scenes all at the same time yeah they must have that's um, how it works with child actors because <laughs> yeah i mean i know i'm going back and back and back on this but yeah, it's been a long time <laughs> yeah we're harping on this mm -hmm. let's move on so jesse is sitting in the passenger seat and she like smiles on the scene that she's watching between the grease rat and max mm -hmm. i get the feeling she likes watching max work and Max is handling the grease rat fairly well, being persistent and clear about what he wants, not saying, not sounding interested in things for the sake of grease rat's feelings, which is a trap I know I fall into a lot. Like when you're talking to like a salesperson at a store 
sounding more interested than you are because you feel obligated to that because they're spending their time with you you Mm -hmm. feel obligated to reciprocate nope max is not doing that at all he says what he wants he is not interested in the new set of tires he's very straightforward yeah i think it's ridiculous that the grease rat would try and upsell max on a new set of four tires when all he needs is a spare fixed. Like, well, I can understand the idea of upselling someone. Yes. Like selling them a tire and then upselling them on, you know, fix a flat kit or something like that. That's an upsell. But when someone comes to you with just a single flat tire and you're like, oh, hey, why don't I sell you four new tires? And it's not just that he's trying to upsell him like that. It's the fact that he follows that up with saying, well, I don't know where they are, but I got them. And it's like, dude, if you're going to well, upsell someone, at least know where your stock is. I heard that different than you did. You heard it as he doesn't know where they are. I heard it as he doesn't know where he got them. That's true. He does say, I, ca- I can't remember it's... where I got them, but I got them. Right. It's it like... could be taken either way because it's yeah, I heard it not as... good grammar. I heard it but... as he doesn't. He's not aware of his stock. Right. <laughs> you heard it as he got them from dubious locations. Right. So... So it could be taken either way. Even so, it's completely... It's not... He doesn't understand the idea of upselling. Yeah. Upselling is selling an accessory to something they're already buying. Mm -hmm. He is selling... Trying to sell Max way, way more than he needs. Yeah, and I can understand, like, maybe he doesn't get a lot of business. I doubt that that. he does. But at the same time... The area is pretty sparsely populated from what we can see. Yeah. I, I should not get I should not get upset at small business owners because they're just trying to eke out a living. <laughs> yep. They're just trying to make it work. But even so, it's it's annoying. Working in sales is, is not fun. Um, I don't know. Grease Rat seems to have the personality for it, though. Like, he's oh, a yeah. talker. He is a talker, all right. Um, in the background of this shot, there is a sign on... The building that is a registration number. It's a licensed motor car trader number 1927. And I said, okay, that's interesting. I wonder wonder if there is a business registered to that number. And so I found the website for the Business Licensing Authority Victoria and punched in the number. And I could not for the life of me find a business registered to that number. Um, I searched 1927, I searched only one, only nine, only two, you know, every sort of combination of that number, and nothing really came up. And I was a little disappointed, because the website will list, you know, active, expired, Mm -hmm. out of date, you know, things like that. And I couldn't find it. And I was a little bummed out, because I wanted it to be owned by, you know, someone that still has it on the books. Yeah. What was interesting, though, is that I went on Google Maps to try and look at the location. Because I didn't do that yesterday when I went on MadMaxMovies.com to look up this location shoot. And according to all their information, that area was not really developed. You know, things had been torn down and whatnot. But on the Google Maps, after actually looking at it myself, no, that area is incredibly developed. I wouldn't even call it private property. I would call it like industrial or business property because the whole area has been altered. Scrapyards and warehouses completely different from the idea of the more barren open field that I got from Mm MadMaxMovies.com. I did not take an extra step yesterday to make sure that all my information was fully up to date. <laughs> and I know I've said in the past that Google Maps isn't always super up to date because usually they're about three, four years between actually updating their satellite footage or 
road uh, road pictures. But even so, it's a whole lot different than I made it sound. So I goofed there. Well, thanks for the update. So so Sprague is in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. Jesse climbs over to the driver's seat and leans out the window, calls for Max, mm-hmm. and says Sprago's convinced her to get ice cream. Yeah, and I, I I like that little joke. I think it's funny. I like the idea that she called him Sprago because I feel like it is a little bit of a callback to when Starbucks called Clunk Clunko. Yeah. Like the idea of adding O's to the end of people's names, I think is a yeah, not a deliberate callback, but I I, I see it as a callback. <laughs> Did we decide that Sprague was a nickname? Everything in the material suggests that Sprague is the kid's name, the kid's actual name. Because mm-hmm. isn't Sprague a name for like a child? Yeah, it's like a, it's, it's a slang term, slang like kid. Term, yeah, for kid. I thought it was funny that she was nicknaming a nickname. <laughs> Same thing with Clunk. His name isn't really Clunk. But Clunko, he's nicknaming a nickname. Well, you never know. I mean, they could have rescinded all identity before joining the gang. So he essentially became Clunk fully and wholly. Whereas with Sprague, they probably just named him Sprague. Like naming dog, dog? Yeah. Okay. I'll bet you that's the dog's name. (laughs) I don't think they ever give the dog a name. I don't think so either. Not that we can hear at least. Nope. But. Okay, so Jesse is going to take off. Mm-hmm. In search of ice cream. Uh, I do note in my notes. <laughs> you do point out in your notes. Thank you. I do point out in my notes that this is, that this is another pivotal moment. Mm-hmm. If she had made a different decision, the rest of the movie would have been completely different and a much happier ending. Yeah. Like if they had all decided to stick around or if Max had decided to go with them, mm-hmm. I mean, everything would have been different. Yep. Like this meetup that we're about to see sparks the whole rest oh, of the movie. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, I also love it here that Grease Rat cannot help himself. Oh, no, no. She mentions ice cream. And, and he immediately jumps in. Yeah. He says, uh, sure, there's a shop just down the beach. They'll appreciate the business. And the way he says, sure, there's a shop down the way, it's like, Jesse is talking to Max. Yeah. They are having a conversation between themselves, and he's just there, like, physically in the middle of it, and he Mm -hmm. just jumps in at the first opportunity. Yes. It reminds me of a person that we know that I'm certainly not going to say even remotely who this person is, Mm -hmm. but we know a person who interjects at every possible moment and has an opinion about everything. And, like, it's to the point where you just don't want to talk about things. Yeah. (laughs) Yep, yep. He's definitely that kind of person. And, okay, as annoying as it is that he is so talkative and so interjective into other people's conversations, it's not like he's doing it for bad reasons, necessarily. No, he's, he seems to be genuinely trying to be helpful. Right. And he's not being bossy. He's not saying, you know, that this ice cream shop is the best place and she should have this kind of ice cream because it's the best. And, you know, he's just pointing out that it's down there. They'll appreciate the business. Yeah, he's pushing them towards another local business. Mm-hmm. You know, because she might not necessarily know that there's an ice cream shop down there. She just might have ice cream on the brain. And so right. he's trying to be helpful both to Jesse and to the proprietor of that business. Yes, Which is important amongst 
small businesses, which we can definitely equate to what we do. We're a small podcast, we're relatively new, and we're part of a community of other relatively new podcasts. Mm -hmm. We like to support each other, and that's important for the community as a whole. Yeah. Exact same thing for this small town. Yeah. So any opportunity that we have to push for another minute-by-minute podcast, we take it. Yes. You know, even if they haven't necessarily started yet. (laughs) I do that sometimes. I hear about upcoming things, and then I just mention it off the cuff, and it's like, ah, dial it back a little bit. (laughs) Dial it back like Back to the Future Minute talks about dialing back the clock to time travel. They're in their third season, by the way. They're wrapping up. And they're going to go on and do Spider-Man. Ooh, Spider-Man. Yeah. Or which one? The They're starting with the Tobey Maguire ones. Oh. And then moving on to the Andrew Garfield. And then they're going to do Homecoming and all the new ones there. Okay. Yeah. That's that's a lot of years ahead of them. That is. I mean, a lot more than the Back to the Future movies, that's yes. for sure. Yeah. You're not a big fan of Spider-Man, though. I'm not. Yeah. But for a different reason than you don't like Batman. <laughs> I, would say, I would say I'm not a DC fan. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always more of a Marvel person myself. Yes. Certainly. Yes. So Grease Rat offers up this idea of the ice cream shop down the way. And Jessie is polite. She says, sure, thanks. And then she looks at Max and says, toodle pip. I like that. It's cute. <laughs> toodle pip. I was like, Jessie is quite adorable in this scene. Just the way she is watching Max. And then yes. when she moves over, she rests her face on the windowsill. She's just an adorable character in yes. this scene, especially. And the dimples. Yep. She's got some excellent dimples. Yes. So you looked up Toodle Pip, which I'm very interested to hear about. Yeah. I was interested because Toodle Pip is one of those posh sounding English things that you hear a lot in period dramas from the BBC and whatnot. Mm, yeah. And so I found a little blurb. From a guy named Jonathan Green. He's a lexicographer. Um, He works establishing etymologies as a central part of making dictionaries. And he wrote this blurb back in 2011. So he says, Toodle Pip seems to be a variation on a similar exclamation of farewell, toodaloo. This was first recorded in 1911 and has two suggested roots. The tooting of a horn. Possibly that which had once sound as a coach set off, although it could also evoke the huntsman horn setting the hunt in motion, or an English pronunciation of the French, a tout à l'heure, goodbye. Um, I recognize that phrase from the four years of French I took in high school, um, a tout à l'heure. It says, at all of the hours. It's a little side note. Okay. Any chance I get to use that four years of French that I I took, try and grab onto it, (laughs) because... Try and convince myself that that time wasn't wasted. Because no one in this area actually speaks French. So many more people speak Spanish. I should have taken four years of Spanish. Anyway, back on track. (laughs) Jonathan Green continues. The substitution of pip for ooh, presumably borrowed from one of the pips from yet another way of saying goodbye, and indeed hello, pip pip. According to J. Redding Ware in Platsing English of the Victorian Era, published in 1909, this was originally a jocular street cry aimed at passing bicyclists who were still a pretty rare sight in the late 19th century. It was echoic of the sound of the horn which sometimes replaced the bicycle's bell. This was used as hello, goodbye, was first recorded in 1906 in the Marvel A Boy's Comic and Wood become especially popular among the characters 
of the comic novelist P.G. Wodehouse. Okay, so it's a combination of two other ways of saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. A marriage of Tootaloo and, and Pip-Pip. And Pip-Pip. Very British. <laughs> Very British. You, I say, you can barely tell that Australia is a British colony. Barely tell. <laughs> so, Grease Rat turns to look at Max, who is smiling at Jesse. And I like this cut because <laughs> Jesse is very obviously saying goodbye to Max and being very cute about it. And Grease Rat is watching her the entire time and he kind of turns because he, he acknowledges that she's looking at Max and not him. <laughs> and so... Max is smiling at her, and then his eyes kind of shift over to Grease Rat, and as he notices that Grease Rat is looking at him, his face kind of, he stops smiling. His face kind of drops back down because, you know, he doesn't want to be smiling at this stranger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wonder why Jesse leaves Max there. Yeah. Why didn't they both go get ice cream? Because Max doesn't need to stay behind as the tire is fixed. No. I mean, at this point, no money has exchanged hands. They've basically given the grease rat the tire for him to fix. And so would Max think that he has to hang around to make sure that the grease rat actually fixes the tire? Well, that's kind of valid. I mean... Because he doesn't seem particularly interested in fixing the tire, so... I mean, at this point, if they left the tire with the grease rat and said, okay, we're going to go get ice cream, we're going to come back, the grease rat... Is just left with a tire, and if he wants to get paid, he has to fix that tire. Yes. And so, yeah, I don't see why Jessie would go off on her own. Mm-hmm. I mean, because ice cream is excellent. Everybody loves ice cream, except for the lactose intolerant people, which sucks. But still, the fact that Jessie would not invite him along, it's like, like, is she going to get him a cone? Because she doesn't. Yeah. I, I wonder if it's just a cultural thing. Like, because you or I... And, I mean, we've done it. You leave something with them and just go off, run your errands, and then come back. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's not really how it works in other countries. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you stay and wait for your work to be done. I mean, you could look at it. Especially when it's quick work, like fixing a tire, an oil change, stuff like that, maybe... I mean, you could look at it sort of like they don't know when the job is going to be done, and so Max is going to hang around so that way he's there when Mm -hmm. the job is done, so that way the grease rat doesn't get distracted and lose track of the tire. But at the same time, what does it matter if they're not right there as soon as he's done? Yeah. Oh, the dog. Yeah, but I mean, just because the dog ran out of the car doesn't mean he's not hard to track down. Right. I mean, if anything, the dog is just added collateral for them to come back. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that you'd want to dump your pet on a mechanic or anything like that. But at the same time, I just don't see a valid reason to leave Max behind other than, you know, him just being forgotten as far as the invite oh. or something like that. Maybe Max is just more interested in mechanic type things than ice cream. Possibly. Maybe he wanted to stay. Do you think Max is lactose intolerant? Like, do we ever see him drinking or eating dairy product? No, but we never see him drinking or eating anything. Um, He's eating breakfast. Yeah. That's just like bread and coffee. Yeah. And we never never see him specifically add cream to his coffee. (laughs) I'm just trying to think of some reason that they would leave him behind. I don't know. I'm going to have to add that to my list of things to pay attention to in future movies. Yeah. Like, is Max's lactose intolerance the source of all his misery? That's an interesting question. Hopefully we get that answered somewhere down the line. Yeah. Um, speaking of down the line, Jesse pulls away, starts driving away in the van, and the Grease Rat and Max kind of walk around the building to watch her drive away. 
Yes. And I, I get the sense that individually, they're both walking around the corner to watch her drive away for the same reason. Mm-hmm. They both, like, like want to watch her leave. Yeah. Because they're both attracted to her. Yeah, definitely. After the van gets a certain distance away, the grease rat looks at Max and he kind of gives him a once over. And as Max looks at the grease rat, he, the grease rat kind of like raises his eyebrows and gives him like almost like a half nod, almost to do one of those things that like scumbags will do, uh-huh. almost to like compliment the guy based on the attractiveness of the woman that he's with. And it's like... It's just... It's skeezy. It's skeezy, and it's a greasy thing to do, and it just adds to his rat nature. Yeah. You know what I mean? The whole of Fury Road is about how people aren't things, and it's like, ugh. One more reason not to like the grease rat. Yeah. I mean, he's not necessarily a terrible person. He's no toe cutter. But at the same time, he's just unsavory. Yeah. The next few minutes, we're going to talk a lot about, you know, objectification. Mm Mm-hmm. And... It starts sooner than you think it does. It doesn't Mm -hmm. start when the gang notice her and start doing their thing. It starts with Grease Rat. Yeah, because we haven't seen Jesse interact with too many people that aren't Max or Sprague. Nope. And so this is definitely where it starts. Yes. Yeah, this is going to be one of those weeks. (laughs) Yes, it is. Where we talk a lot about gender politics and things like that. Yep. But... There'll be plenty of time for that tomorrow and in the days following. Yes. In the meantime, our website is madmaxminute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at madmaxminute and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash madmaxminute. Thank you for joining us for Mad Max Minute number 57. We'll see you tomorrow. Motorbikes and men, take me to the end of the dream.